Welcome to Justice Losers Review. Uh, this is our second one. We're reviewing the popular movie that just came out, Wonton Woman. I didn't see... Was I supposed to see Wonton Woman? I didn't see Wonton yeah, Woman. I told you to go see it last night. Matt! I saw Wonder Woman. Damn it, Matt! What? <laughs> Come on, man. This is the Asian I, equivalent to Wonder Woman. I thought your phone just autocorrected that weird or something. Oh, I was like, no. Let's go to Wonton Woman. Uh, Who's I sitting next to? I don't know. Oh, shit. This is really awkward. Huh. I picked the guy up and drove him back. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're doing, uh, I mean, obviously we're doing Wonder Woman. So, as you guys, if you guys remember from our Guardians review. Oh, also, I'm Preston. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. If you guys remember from our last review, we'll be doing this in the format of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Without spoilers, and then the good, the bad, and the ugly with spoilers. Uh, we will give you guys a hard cutoff if you haven't seen it yet, and you just want to kind of listen to our non-spoilers to see if you want to go see the movie, which, I mean, if you're listening to this, most likely you're going to go anyway, because <laughs> it is Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you want to say before we start kicking it off with the good? Are we going to do Wonton Woman next week? Oh, we're doing it right after this one. Okay. Uh, so we're going to go, I'm going to I'm gonna bring you to the movie theater. We're going to watch Wonton Woman. Wonton Woman. I literally had to Google what a wonton was to make this joke. <laughs> I wasn't entirely sure. I knew it was like Asian cuisine. I wasn't sure like what specifically it was. It's a dumpling. Okay. So it's just some badass woman fighting some dumplings. All right. Um, well, that's it for me. Okay. I'll start off with one of my, uh, one of my good things was the, uh, the villain. And I can talk more about this when I get to spoilers, but as Matt knows that I'm, I'm very picky about my villains. Uh, something that'll make or break a good movie for me is the quality of the villain, the good, the writing of the villain. This one, it did a good job of kind of misdirecting you. And I yeah. like that. Yeah. There were multiple major villain characters and yeah. I think all of them worked pretty well yeah. up to a point. This isn't too spoilery. They kind of pump up Dr. Poison, but she really is just kind of a supporting character for the villain. And she's great in that she's role, honestly. Really it was a fantastic performance. I don't know the name of the actress. Yeah, and it was, but... honestly, for me, like, I'm going to go into each of the villains, and I think this is, the first, this is the only one I can do in the spoiler, or in the non-spoilers, is that she, there was no explanation to her backstory. She was just that way, but she was passionate about it, yeah. enough to where I bought it. Yeah. It wasn't just, oh, there's this bad guy, I hate her because she's a bad guy. It was like... I kind of rooted for her because this was her life's passion. Yeah, you see that she cares about her work. Her work is creating deadly weapons that kill millions of people. But yeah. Still, she cares about it, and she almost has like a vulnerability to her when you see her interact with different characters, and it's it's interesting. And it was really compelling. Yeah. Something that I really liked about her, it was something that was rather enigmatic. Is her mask? Yeah. They never explain it, and then. When you finally see the face, it's not really a spoiler. It doesn't do anything for the plot. Yeah. When you finally see her face, there's no explanation. It's just like, oh, look, she's just got fucked up somehow. <laughs> yeah. I, I like that when they leave out unnecessary backstory and just... Yeah. You get a good enough understanding of the character from just what you see. And then you can you can kind of infer yeah. how, how that happened. Treating the audience like adults. I like yeah. that. Something, something else that I liked was the... Uh, the Lasso of Truth, which was something I was really worried about being portrayed as the Lasso of Truth during Man of, or during Batman vs. Superman. It was just her weapon. Yeah. There was no 
actually using it as the lasso of truth, so... Not like you need Doomsday to spill any secrets. <laughs> Who created you? I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in that one, it's just a weapon. And in this one, she uses it a weapon again in yep. the most baddest asses of ways. It was really cool, like, watch that yeah. thing kind of whip around. I can't really say... Uh, yeah, where she, she was using it because that's rather spoilery yeah she lassos it about a fair bit and um, it's cool yeah and it's really cool that it hurts to resist it yeah so it's not just it compels you to tell the truth and you just mindlessly tell the truth it like you can resist it to a point but it'll hurt you yeah i was i went into this expecting that to be something that was like oh that's really comic booky and campy and mm -hmm. i'm not gonna like this but the way they handle the lasso of truth just as an artifact i thought really worked yeah I looked really closely, seeing as we were five feet away from the movie screen. <laughs> we um, were. We were very right in the very front row, thanks to Preston here, you know, who picked where we got our tickets. You know, when you have something like the director's suite, which is where you get pampered like no other, and it's extra money, and you only you can only be 21 and over to get go in, I expect every seat to be a decent seat, but when I looked at the map and it said where the screen was... I expected that just to say, oh, this is the direction that the screen is, so this is the front row. I didn't right. expect it to actually be that fucking close to the screen. Yeah. <laughs> it was a little annoying. Yep. My neck's a little cramped from just kind of leaning back <laughs> and pressing into my seat. Um, I mean, luckily we had, like, the recliners, so you could, like, kind of <laughs> lay back a little bit. They do treat us nice in the director's suite. Yes, they do. I got a nice beer. It was it was a good beer. It was my favorite beer. What was I talking about? Uh, oh, the last truth. truth. I got a really good look when she was using it, and it it kind of had this uh, like this moving rope light kind of thing to it. There was like stuff moving down the rope. It wasn't just kind of like glowing. There was it was like a I don't I don't know how to describe it. It, it was a really neat look, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's a well done CGI, obviously. Yeah, unless they had this really flexible rope light going. <laughs> I kind of doubt that there was no CGI involved in that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what do you got for good? Well, this is an obvious one, but uh, Gal Gadot is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she turns in another fantastic performance. She was best part about Batman versus Superman, hands mm -hmm. down. And giving her a whole movie to herself, she just even does better with it. And she really did get this whole movie to herself. I was really worried that, that she would be kind of outshone by Chris Pine, the male mm -hmm. character. I was worried that was going to happen because... I don't want that to happen. I I want her to have her own yeah. movie, and she did. Yes, it was very Gal Gadot Wonder Woman central. Yeah, central centered. Centered. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, she's like in the action. She looks great and is doing great stuff. I really liked a lot of her more humanizing moments, though, too. Like when she first gets to London, you see some of this in some of the trailers. And she's just kind of going around and she doesn't really know what to do. She puts on a dress. How can women fight in this? Yeah. And that sort of naivete slash almost Child innocence. Childish innocence slash almost disdain for this sort of broken human society. Really tough to pull off, I imagine. But mm -hmm. she did a great job with that. And I imagine that they had, when they kind of made the decision to go with World War One rather than World War Two, they had more of a... Because World War One was before the women's suffrage movement. Right. Uh, well, I mean... Before kind of, the success. Yeah, before the success of it. Um, it was in full swing at that point, yeah. Yeah, they had like they had a lot more play with, oh, she's a woman, she has no place in this society. Yeah. Like that. Like the scene where the, the men were discussing the armistice and then she was in there, was like, there's a woman in here. 
Yeah. That that was more believable than if it were in World War Two. Right. Because in World War Two, women had a much bigger role in the in the war. Not as big as they have it now, but it was bigger. It was getting better. Right. And this one, it was basically, excuse us, mom, mom. We're recording. No kidding. We'll have to find where were we before before we heard her talking. Uh, we're talking about Gal Gadot's performance and women in okay. World War One era. Okay, bye. Should I leave that in there? <laughs> I feel like I kind of want to leave that in there. I think we should. Okay, brief cameo by my mother. Um, crap. Where was I? I think uh, I think I kind of get my point. Got my point across. Yeah, women. It, her role is believable as women aren't supposed to be in here in these big, powerful, smoky room men gatherings. Yeah, and there's a couple of good scenes. Yeah, with her there doing was. That. So this is a, this is, has nothing to do with anything I'm about to talk about or what we've just been talking about. But the fact that oh, what's his name? Lupin. David Thewlis. <laughs> David Thewlis looks so much like that actual guy. Wasn't he a real ac- uh, accurate histori- historical person? I don't know. I think he was. I'm not positive because I don't know that much about World War One because they don't drill that into us for six years like they do with World War Two. Right. But they had a picture at the success of World War One. Yay. Mm-hmm. There was a picture of someone that I feel like I've seen before. Yeah. And it looked a lot like him. Yeah. And if it and it had the same mustache, and if it looked if it was him, I'd be like, oh my god. That's cool that they got an actor. It's like one of those BuzzFeed, like, oh, actors who came or who are time travelers or something. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that yeah. was that was neat to me. Speaking of David Thewlis, the supporting performances I thought were also generally pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Chris Pine was great. They didn't give him too much to do. He was almost a little comic reliefy in places, but yeah. at the same time, he pulled off kind of the dashing action guy that works as a secondary player. Yeah. And David Thewlis, I thought, was very good. He's always very good. I also put down, I liked her innocence, her... Kind of, the innocence of not only her, but of the of the Amazonians. It was nice that they kind of showed the rude awakening when when they get invaded. And they're all shooting bows and arrows. And then Chris Pine's like, they have guns, right? And it's them fighting with bows and arrows. It's kind of, they kind of realize, oh, hey, there's these machines of war that... We've been out so far out of it. We're so far behind. We don't right. have this advantage anymore of just being like, sure, you can like the swinging girl. Sure, mm-hmm. you can be super trained to where you can shoot a shoot an arrow with a rope into a rock and then swing down. You get shot once, you're dead. Yeah. That there was that kind of awakening where they were, oh crap, we don't have this advantage anymore. We're kind of something needs to change. Maybe yeah. I don't know because we never saw that come to fruition. That was basically the last, that was the last we saw of the. Of the Amazonian, so it was a nice innocence of her, of just an older time coming into present day, post industrial age. Yeah, good contrast. Uh, that's it for me for good. Uh, I, I mean music. Oh yeah, yeah, music. the music was really good. We listened to. If you guys want to listen to this, uh, just for entertainment's sake, go listen to the very first piece on the th- the soundtrack. It's called Amazons of Themyscira. And you will get a face full of Lord of the Rings sounds and a lot of Narnia sounds. Yep. If you listen to like the Narnia soundtrack and Lord of the Rings soundtrack, you'll get a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 
It's by Rupert Gregson Williams, who is the brother of Harry Gregson Williams, who did the Narnia soundtracks. So there's a lot of overlap there. And then he's one of Hans Zimmer's underlings. So, I mean, it makes sense that he would take over for something that Hans started with the Batman versus Superman and then kind of do his own thing that's sort mm-hmm. of consistent with that. Yep. But yeah, music was good. They didn't overuse the awesome Wonder Woman theme. Yeah. They used it in a couple of spots, and I think both of them worked. And I think there were some other spots where it would have been really tempting to use it, but wouldn't have worked. Yeah, we talked about this on the way back. We're we're thinking about doing kind of a, a GoPro in my car on the way back from movies. Or on the way up and on the way back. Mm-hmm. So we can you guys can kind of get our raw opinions of it. But I, I mentioned that I feel like the theme is very thematic like it has it's it's very like it has a melody and it can be distracting uh the times they used it 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 was kind of just like a oh this is a badass wonder woman the fights that she didn't use it or he didn't use it were were fights that it was saying this music is just background focus on the actual fight itself yeah uh and i felt that was really good and i felt like that like you said that it wouldn't have worked if you'd put it in the fights that it wasn't in there because mm-hmm. it would have been distracting and just a little bit. You'd, you'd be surprised how distracting music can be in a movie. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Music was good. Yep. All right. Bad? Bad. I felt like the beginning dragged a little bit. I know that, too long? Yeah. Like, they have to set up a ton of backstory with mm-hmm. just this very esoteric idea. Because we've been reasonably grounded so far with the DC universe. Yeah. Like... It's a little out there. It's comic book superhero stuff, but this is very different. You're dealing with Greek gods and mythic weapons and all sorts of crazy stuff in this magical island in the Aegean Sea that's populated by these warrior women. And so I, I respect that they have to take some time to set that up, but at the same time, it just felt slow. Yeah, one of my one of my biggest problems was a lot of the forced exposition. Uh, there were a few times mm-hmm. the story uh, story time scene felt out of place i kind of it kind of took me out they had a weird animation it wasn't it, it didn't belong because there's yeah. nothing we'd seen of that and it was the first it was the only time we'd seen of that kind of thing i think it was the best way to do it out of spending a ton of money on doing like a live action recreation yeah and then there's some risk of spoiling some twists yeah that's true so and there was a few times where i hate this this happens a lot in movies where you explain where something comes from or something like that. And Hippolyta says, I sculpted you from clay and Zeus brought you to life. And she goes, you told me that story, mother. I hate when they do that. Yeah. That was very forced. That was literally, you could have done just like, you could have taken the same amount of time and had her kind of putting, like pushing some clay together. And then it kind of zooms out. You see a lightning strike of ambiguous spot. And then suddenly she's holding a baby. That could have been that could have been fine. Yeah, something like that. That that it would worked. explain where she came from. There was no forced exposition. It probably might have been a little weird, but I don't know. It might have worked. <laughs> it it was there's a few other times too where there was just some lines that they had to explain something and it was like, Alright, well you didn't have to I feel like you wouldn't have had to say that in that situation. Yeah. Out loud. Yeah. And there's a lot of times where you can kinda of catch that if someone says something but they're superior and we're like I can't think of an example. There was a few times where they said something to a superior and it's like, shouldn't they already know that? Yeah. I feel like you don't have to say that. Yep. 
Um, but we've, we're, we know we're in a movie and we gotta say it so the audience knows what's going on. Yeah. I feel like that, that plays along, uh, plays along with, what was the thing that you said that made it a very, oh, the, the inference of Dr. Poison, what happened? Right. That being enigmatic, but alongside forced exposition, makes it very audience confusive. That's not, that's not a phrase. It, it makes it seem confused on what audience is trying to go for. If it's going for adults or if it's going for kids. Yeah. This movie was much more going for kids rather than the past two movies. Because it'd be kind of hard way. to pass off Dawn of Justice for a kid's movie. Yeah. Because you got them beating the fuck out of each other. And you got Batman slaughtering people repeatedly. And you got people blowing up on wheelchairs yeah. and stuff. In fairness, though, this one did have some pretty dark war movie elements yeah. going on you there was some fairly graphic blood and violence in places mm-hmm. you see people with that have had their limbs blown off and stuff like that not quentin quentin tarantino level though yeah it, i mean <laughs> it, it stays within its pg-13 bounds yeah. but you could tell they were trying to push the envelope a little bit to yeah. try to convey the horrors and brutality of world war one yeah i mean world war ii's got its movies out there for it oh yeah the first two movies i saw were or rated r movies i saw were schindler's list and saving private ryan <laughs> got a faceful horrors of world war ii yeah so that was uh, forced exposition is a big problem for me and a lot of things there were sometimes to contradict actually what you just said i felt the gravity of world war one was kind of glossed over it, it, it was glossed over while it was attempted at showing it because you got steve mm-hmm. trevor saying oh it's the war to end all wars this war it can kill, it's killed millions of people. But when you're in the fight, you didn't really see, you just saw these guys in trenches. Oh, they've been here for a year and they, they haven't, mm-hmm. they've moved, have barely moved an inch. You, I didn't really see these guys suffering. Yeah. You saw that girl, you, you kind of got a glimpse of like the civilian life affected yeah. by the war, but you didn't see the effect it had on the soldiers themselves mm-hmm. being stuck in this trench warfare for years on end. Knowing what World War Two or World War One was like, I I didn't get, feel that, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's that it's okay in a way because that's not the focus of the movie. The focus of the movie is Wonder Woman, right? But they could have put a few more little clips to kind of convey that okay. a little bit. It was the, like at least the gravity of the World War One. Yeah. Okay. Fair um, enough. What do you got? A few little moments, just kind of either in the editing or writing that didn't make sense in terms of like time the the big one that sticks out to me is they leave the mascara at night and it's implied that you know on a boat and it's implied the next morning they wake up and they're in london which that's two thousand miles in a straight line but if you go by water it's going to be closer to four so if you travel four thousand miles over the course of a single night in a wooden rowboat (laughs) i don't know what you're doing yeah that's insane and you mentioned you you mentioned that in the car on the way back. You mentioned that they talked about how Steve had been gone for weeks, right? And that could have been. It didn't seem like it on the like the way that she woke up, but it could have been a multiple day journey. Yeah, but it also it didn't seem like it. it seemed like she woke up and it was the first time. He's like, "Hey, we caught a boat," and yeah, I think that they needed to get them back to the action quickly and yeah more time just sitting on a boat would have and feel very life and pie yeah (laughs) just the whole time on a boat um i i had a lot of problems with the with the fights yeah the action was not 
great in a lot of places. Yeah. It was cool to see her strength and her agility and her ability to just, like, take down a tower with her shield. But there was a lot of... You mentioned it right before I was about to, that slow-mo was overdone. Yeah. There was a lot of slow-mo, and it kind of took us away from how fast the fights really were. Yeah. And there was one specific one where I caught it, and uh, it was that it was at that moment that slow mo got old for me, and there was still some more scenes after. Yeah, where she did a double flip, she like flipped kicking a guy, landed, and then did, did another flip kicking another guy. Mm-hmm. It was really cool, and I'm pretty sure she did that move, but it was slow mo both times, like in the air. Right, and it kind of took it away. I, I, you disagree with me, but I feel like Gal Gadot did that. I'm I feel sure like she that has the body type. Involved. I feel like she has the body type to be able to train, be a trained to do yeah, gymnastics. Yeah, like no, that. I'm I'm sure she did a lot of the stunt work and stuff. Yeah, but and there was a lot of cuts. We talked about how Daredevil spoiled uh, superhero action because Daredevil had that scene in the, at the end of episode two where it was just one big choreographed fight, and he did all of that. Yeah, there were a lot of stuff that I feel like maybe she did do. All of that in one take, but there was multiple cameras, so it cut, and it kind of didn't feel like it. it felt like maybe there was, they filmed a punch, a punch, and an elbow, and then mm-hmm. stopped, adjusted, f- filmed a kick, and a punch, and a headbutt, or whatever, and a throw something. Yeah. And it didn't feel organic. It, we also, so we suffered from this specifically because we were so far up, on, up against the uh, TV screen that w- when a when a frame changes, when a cut changes... Your mind does have that split second to readjust to what's happening in the next in the new right. frame. So when you're switching every second, you have half like a half second to adjust. You're only getting half the fight. It's really disorienting. The, yeah, the rest of the fight is your brain trying to go, okay, where are we? Okay, we're over there now, and now we're over there. So it was it was a lot of jerky fighting. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of really cool fighting, but I didn't get to enjoy it. Yeah. There there was some good stuff in the action. Definitely, but mm-hmm. on the whole, it wasn't great. Felt yeah. a little too Zack Snydery. There was a lot less studio interference, I feel, with this one than Dawn of Justice did. Yes, I'm there was sure. there was a lot more creative license and just and it probably this probably had less because it wasn't it didn't tie directly into the ongoing story. It was a right. prequel. So with Dawn of Justice, they're like, okay, you have to stick to this storyline because this is going to build directly into Justice League. With Wonder Woman, it's just, like, just make a movie explaining why she's the way she is. So that was that probably helped. Which, honestly, I feel like the studio should just say from now on, okay, the movie needs to start like this and end like this. Do whatever you want in between. Because, mm-hmm. understandably, like Kevin Feige probably has this plan of what the movies need to Right. Kind of generally do, kind of push towards. Right. And then just let them go. Right. It didn't feel like that with Dawn of Justice, but it felt like Patty Jenkins had free reign. Yeah. Felt like she got to make the movie she wanted to make. Yeah. Uh, that's... Um, sit for me <laughs> on the bad. One more thing for bad before we get into spoilery stuff. It... And the ugly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Can't forget the ugly. Nope. Uh... A lot of it felt very Captain America one. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about that during the spoilers because there's a lot of specific points that are kind of spoilery. Yeah. So, but I'll just say in general, there's a lot of retread. Yeah, there was a. I know specifically 
You can see it in the trailers, and honestly, you can probably gather it from the from Dawn of Justice when you first see the picture of mm-hmm. her. The Howling Commandos equivalent of these mis of these misfits, unlikely group of heroes get together, Didn't and they, they all have their specific abilities, which they never actually really kind of focused on that with Howling Commandos. They're just all just kind of generic good fighters. Yeah. I I believe they all do have their own specific skill sets. Probably. Um, but they had that. It was a very American World War American side fighting for the American side. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, uh, there was this weapon, this big, mysterious meta meta human kind of weapon that was designed to kill a lot of people. Right. And we'll go more into that in the spoilers. Mm-hmm. Something else I just remembered that I, uh, for the bad before we can move on is that. The gas mm-hmm. that Dr. Poison gives to Ludendorff right. happens twice in the movies, never explains what it is, is very vague yeah. on its on what it does. They never explain it. I know why they did it, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that a little more in spoilers. Um, I'm going to touch a few on the ugly right now. The there was Getting off the island was entirely wrong. I feel like it, it was specific to save time. Uh, the way that they got off the island in the comics was that there was there was this guy and i can't remember why they needed to send someone back with him i think it was just to escort him back basically and hippolyta held this competition for all the greatest warriors and the mascara and she didn't want diana to participate in it so diana put a helmet on so that she couldn't be seen participating and then she ended up winning mm-hmm and then they sent her off. So she didn't sneak off of Steve Trevor. She was she won. And then that's when Hippolyta was like, all right, here's the tiara. Here's the, the tiara also did not belong to Antiope. So that's the the way they got off. They saved a lot of time by mm-hmm. not doing the full competition and, her, <laughs> and right. her getting away with it. Obviously, World War II is when Wonder Woman happened because... Wonder Woman first release, I believe, in nine in nineteen forty two. You can fact check me on that. That's when all the movies, or that's when all the original uh, superheroes kind of came out. Were the thirty nine and then early forties. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it was a choice to go to World War One, probably to distance themselves from Captain America as much as possible. Yeah, and then to also give it a new, a, a fresh kind of story. It let them distance themselves from the comics. Which, right. from the point of it just being, oh, it's World War One, not World War Two, I was like, okay, yeah. I'll just go along for the ride. Yeah, and it, it let him play with some new thematic stuff. Yeah, like the whole idea of a war to end all wars. It wasn't the second world to end all wars. Yeah, it was. Oh God, there's this huge war, and almost every country, all all the sovereign countries are involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's complicated and messy and ugly, and yeah, got trench warfare and gas and yeah stuff, and injecting Wonder Woman into that world gives you some fun stuff you could do thematically yeah uh i do want to touch on the good of not like the the pretty Mm -hmm. okay (laughs) the the gauntlets were really well done according to comics okay uh there was a scene where she kind of she redirected lightning uh the gauntlets are the uh ages of athena ages of athena okay uh it's made from her shield the, like the remnants of her shield mm-hmm. so it has power that can control light like Zeus, lightning of zeus mm-hmm. and it does that it like i when i was watching it i was confused because i forgot about that capability of the gauntlets because they're not used entirely often but when she did it i was confused and then i went back and looked it up i was like oh yeah that's right so she had that ability so that was accurate 
where she just held okay. the lightning and was like, yeah, <laughs> and then she launched the lightning. And also, the concussive force was really well done when she like accidentally hit them together and then just blew everybody away at Themyscira. Mm-hmm. So, the gauntlets were really well done. Again, the lasso truths was well, really well done. The tiara, I feel like, should have had a little bit more of a role. In the comics, it's less of a ceremonial thing and more. She uses it as a weapon. She okay. throws it around. But, yeah, you know. Yeah, well. Can't get everything. Right. Spoilers. Uh, we should probably give, like, a recommendation thing. Like, what we thought of it. I liked it. I liked it. Putting myself out of the perspective of a a comic book nerd about to go do a review on it. It was a good movie. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It did a it did a good job of just being its own movie, mm-hmm. barring the Bruce Wayne reference at the very beginning. But yeah. But it, it was a good movie. I enjoyed it. There was not too many move movieical errors mm-hmm. that I felt were that that killed it. Yeah. It it did a lot of things right, and the things that did wrong didn't destroy it. Yeah. I it, put it in I put it in three categories. I put it in female led superhero movie. Wonder Woman screenplay and uh, this current DC universe, and in all three of those categories, it kicked the shit out of all the other ones in it. Yep. So it for its three categories, it does an amazing job. Yep. Really good. Yeah. Deserves hopefully the consistent and stable over ninety percent on Rotten Tomatoes that it has. Yep. It's critically acclaimed. It looks like it's going to be making a bunch of money at the box office. Yep. Looks like DC might have gotten back on track. DC is now on probation for me. Okay. Bringing that back. They used to be on X on they used to be suspended. Now they're on probation. Let's see how Justice League does and then we'll be back. All right. They got one of their wheels back on track. They got to get the other one because <laughs> they're a two-wheeled cart. <laughs> okay. So yeah, spoilers. Good. Go see it. Go right. see it. Yep. Spoilers. Spoilers. From now on, uh starting with the good of the spoilers, Ares. Ares. Holy shit, that was really well done. That was so cool. Keeping Dr. Poison as the big villain in all the trailers and all the promotions. Mm-hmm. And then when you go in, she's actually just the supporting character. Yeah, she's a supporting character for Ludendorff. Who's yeah, who's a, the supporting character for Ares. He's a red of. herring villain, oh. which was really cool in itself. Like, I mean, it kind of gave itself away when Wonder Woman quote-unquote figured out that he was Ares pretty early on it's like oh well then he's not going to be Ares yeah but i bought it honestly i was like oh it's gonna be david thewlis now see when she <laughs> when she killed him when she like stabbed it into his heart and there was only like that boom i was like that is very anticlimactic who's it gonna be yeah i didn't think it was gonna be david thewlis i thought it was gonna be i honestly kind of for a moment i thought it was gonna be dr poison because that, that would be a really good twist. Yeah. She was just kind of this like useless, not totally not useless. She was a really good supporting character. Mm-hmm. Who's the actress? Uh, I want to know who that is because I want to know another good actress. Elena Anaya. Elena Anaya. I really like you. You're a good actress. You did a, you did a good job of being a passionate villain. <laughs> Keep it up, Ms. Anaya. But that would be a really cool twist on Ares being a girl. And I, and I like what they did with, with uh, David Thewlis that he wasn't like a shape-shifting god. He was... Right. It, that's what he looked like, and it was kind of a, I felt like kind of a Vandal Savage slash Wolverine kind of thing, mm-hmm. where that's what he looks like, but he kind of has to create this new identity every time, so everyone's like, not like, oh, this this guy has been around for like 400 years. Yeah. What the fuck's his deal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was, I, he was, he was great. I love, like, at the very beginning, where he's just kind of, he's still in his very uptight 
early 20th century British suit with the mustache and just kind of wandering around Wonder Woman and sort of monologuing at her. For one thing, that's how you do a darn monologue. His whole, his whole spiel on like, no, look at these people. They're broken. They're flawed. I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of helping them do destroy themselves because they are evil and greedy. Yeah. It was, it was compelling. It was good. I was like, yeah, I want to go annihilate humanity now. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, I like it when they, when they write well, the look at what we can do without humanity. Mm -hmm. Cause it's honestly very true, especially coming, uh, with, with the movie, the, the time of the movie, the, the movie being set very soon after, uh, the industrial age Mm -hmm. where things got destroyed. There was cities and with industrial smokestacks being Mm -hmm. destroying greenery. That's something that was even heavier at the time. Right. But yeah, no, the, the having Ares ambiguous, like, we don't really know who it is the whole time. Yeah. And then you find out who it is, and you're like, I, you heard me go, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> see that coming, honestly. Yeah, I I figured that out as soon as she said, oh, Ludendorff's Ares. There's no way that that's gonna, they're gonna stick with that. They're gonna twist that. And so it's going to be Thulis, because he's the only other Others. character it could be. Yeah. Um. I was kind of almost hoping for a brief moment he wouldn't be there and it would be like, no, humanity just, they're kind of terrible. And Diana's like, well, you know what? They are, but I think it's okay anyway. I'm going to help stop this plane. <laughs> she like kills them and they're still fighting or so. Like when she, when she kills uh, Ludendorff and then she's like, why aren't they stopping? They're supposed to start. She like screams and goes, Ares! And he's like, just kind of <laughs> up there going, huh? What? You need me? <laughs> oh shit what's going on <laughs> and she's like what <laughs> he's just like oh wait i what yeah so i think that would have been cool but at the same time i loved no. the way that they did aries so yeah the you know and i mentioned in the non-spoilers i'm a huge fan of the writing of the villains ludendorff which is kind of a prick which is his character played his part yeah just this german asshole and mm-hmm. did we see aries whisper into ludendorff's ears or was that just ludendorff I think we did see that. Okay, because I know he did it the Doctor Poison, shot. which was really cool, mm-hmm. and I like that. I like that. I like that because we talked about how we wanted Lex Luthor to be kind of pulling strings. Right. He did that. He didn't directly affect the war. Yeah. He but he gave them ideas that would kind of drive it. He didn't incite the war. He yeah. Just helped them on their path to destruction. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have for the good. Spoiler wise, mainly um, just Ares. That fight was amazing. Yeah. Where he got his armor. And then it was all just scrap metal and just attached to him. And then he used his fingers to draw the faceplate on. That was so fucking cool. That was awesome. That was really cool. Watching him just float and then watching Wonder Woman start flying. Yeah. She, they don't focus on that all that much. She doesn't fly th- too often. Right. Got any more for good spoilers? Um, I don't think so. All right. Bad spoilers. The monologue. I do like the way that they did it. I hate bad guy monologues with a burning passion. I even hate okay. good guy monologues. Just because it's long and drawn out, if they're just standing there and they're monologuing and it's like, oh my god, just fucking fight. It's been literally two minutes. The way they did it with this one was really cool in that she was still trying to figure out, she was trying, her gears were turning. She was trying to figure Mm -hmm. out what was going on and get shit going. Yeah. Because she was ready to fight him. And so she was like trying to like sneak around and then she found out, oh shit, he's not actually there. He's just putting his reflection in the window. Uh And then so she's still trying to figure it out. He's monologuing. And shit's actually happening. It's not them just standing around and she's, like, standing on the other side of the room. Yeah. Like, ready to fight. So, it was well done because he got the chance to monologue, the good monologue, and then 
And the monologue kind of continued through the fight. Yeah. Which is something that you can do in comics. I was talking to my friend about this because I was bringing this point up to him. And I hate monologues in movies, but they don't, they're done really well in comic books because you can monologue while fighting. Right. You'll have Batman choking and, like, have his hand back ready to punch someone like the Joker. Mm-hmm. And the well, the Joker doesn't monologue. But, like, there, there can be a panel where they're, like, mid-fight and then there's a speech bubble and it's part of the monologue and it keeps going. Yeah. You can't really do that in the movies because you can't really Not have so them well. talking and fighting. Right. <laughs> it's all hard to do. Freeze frame, speech bubble. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of interesting to see. That would be horrible. I, okay, if it wasn't, like, the whole movie, it was... That'd be really bad. Yeah, no, now I'm starting to see how bad you'd it would have, be. You'd have to do that in, like, Deadpool or something. Yeah. Where it's self-referential and... Yeah. Understands how weird it is. But yeah, no, that I hate monologues, but when it's done well, when it's less standing around yeah. monologue I like that. There was a purpose to it. And yeah. I think her hunting him, like, trying to get up to him to attack him, that added, like, an extra layer of tension mm-hmm. just to the scene in general. He's just an evasive god, yeah. Yeah, and so he's just, he doesn't want to fight her. He wants her on his side mm-hmm. for, because one thing he knows, he, she can kill <laughs> She's him. She's a god killer. Yeah. And then... He thinks he's right. He doesn't. He doesn't think he's the bad guy. Really. Yeah, and that and that's a good that's a good writing. It's often hard to, again, with my obsession with the villains, it's hard to make a villain justifiable via a monologue. Yeah, because there's no backstory that you need. You need that build up. But he did it. Like him talking about yeah. him having this history, and like having seen mankind destroy Earth that they created mm-hmm. he was like look what zeus did zeus made these things and they're destroying everything beautiful yeah i want to get rid of them because it's it's really us just like if we were to it's like us getting rid of termites yeah like if there's termites in your house you're like i have this beautiful house and these termites are destroying it i just want to kill them yeah that's that's our level to think about being a god yeah. and what us insignificant humans so from that perspective it's really not that bad that he wants to murder all humans yeah because they're just it's reasonable from his perspective yeah there's several continuity errors just in in the movie itself that were like I mentioned to you when Steve Trevor's running after the plane, mm-hmm. <laughs> he was so far back, and that and planes accelerate yeah. at a good rate. There's even, no way that he would have been able yeah. to catch up to that. Even big old slow World War One era planes, yeah, they're gonna get going pretty fast. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, just stuff like that where it was uh just minor things where you'd like look at uh imdb on goofs and then like yeah he was holding something in his right hand for one frame and then he was holding it in the left hand for the next frame kind of yeah. thing L- little things like that yeah. that they don't really detract maybe yeah. they distract a little i bit. catch i catch them because i love yeah. i love catching those things yeah but one of the one of my biggest problems was the comparison comparison to captain america yeah there was uh, a lot of that it was from pretty much from beginning to end Captain America, despite except Steve Trevor being the one to sacrifice himself. Right. It wasn't her that sacrificed herself on the big world-ending weapon plane. It was the other guy that sacrificed himself on the big world-ending plane mm-hmm. that also exists in Captain America. The team of misfits that seemed to be they they attempted to be comic relief, but they did a shitty job at it. Yeah, the like randomly diverse. Yeah. Like in Captain America, you've got. An American guy who looks Irish and a black guy and an Asian guy. And in this one, you have a Turkish guy and a Native American. And a Scottish. And a Scottish guy. Yeah. And it just, it feels very artificial to have yeah. that forced diversity. Yeah, and none of, like, 
coming from England, though, because, like, that's even worse. So the only person that I understand is actually there is the Native American guy. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah, the Americans just killed all my people. Yeah. I'm getting him, the fuck out of there. Him, like, kind of made some backstory <laughs> that made sense. Yeah. That was a nice little moment where she kind of realized, oh, one specific subset of humans aren't better than the other. Mm-hmm. They're all assholes. They all kill each other. Yeah. Yeah, like the the Scotsman who you never actually saw him be a good marksman. Yeah. Which pulls out his gun a couple times and looks at things through the scope. But... Yeah. The only time, and it the the time where he hesitated would have been fine if we knew that he was actually a good <laughs> marksman. Because yeah. hesitation is fine. But you need to have, if you're known for being a good marksman, you need to have that, you need to show us. Yeah. We can't just believe you. Yeah. So yeah, the the smuggler, he said he doesn't fight. Then he fought. Yep. <laughs> what? Doesn't fight, doesn't pick sides, and then, oh, Wonder Woman's here. I'm gonna go fight now. Yeah, he threw a grenade, stuff like that. Didn't make sense. Yep. They were all just stupid. I didn't like them. Yeah. I, I feel like the only reason they put it in there was because, I think it was attempted to be a throwaway thing in Dawn of Justice. And they're like, oh shit, now we gotta do something with it. Yeah. Maybe, because I feel like they didn't plan for that. And they had to. Maybe. I don't know. know. But I, I, it would have been so much better if you didn't have that extra. You probably even could have cut it down 30 minutes without him. Maybe. They I mean, didn't even, they didn't provide that much help. Yeah. Like, they just kind of help ferry them from point A to point B. Yeah. And the scene where, uh, drunk Scotsman sniper, <laughs> I don't know his name. I don't know any of their names. That's how useless they are to me. Charlie. Charlie. They only have last names. <laughs> Charlie, damn. Samir, and the Chief. Okay. So Charlie, that scene where he's like face buried in the dirt, and then he freaks out, and then the Chief's like, he sees ghosts. That was so underplayed. Yeah. Like, I uh, can see, if we'd seen him kill, if before that, we'd seen him kill like three guys, like he sniped three guys back to back, that mm-hmm. would be more believable. We haven't seen him kill anybody. Yeah. So what ghosts is he seeing? Yeah. Uh, that's like that's the opposite of the sort of implied exposition with dr poison it's like they tell you his backstory but then you don't get to see it you don't get to feel it yeah there's it's basically unjustifiable ptsd for that guy yeah which i felt was i was just like what that was unnecessary that was a stupid scene yeah it was a waste of time nothing changed plot wise with that no so yeah that's i think that's all i got uh yeah, I mean, we touched on most of the stuff in the non-spoilers. The weird smoke, uh, smoke strength thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Basically, they just gave it to him so that Wonder Woman would have to fight. Right. And it was so useless. I don't know. It. Well, they, I didn't like it. They needed to have some way for Ludendorff to be a physical match for her on some level. They could have done one... They could have done away with... Like, even they could have filled the scene where they met up with the chief and then they took the nap and then... Charlie had the big episode Mm -hmm. and they could have done something with Ludendorff, like going into at least someone, some spy or something invading them or something. He notices, so he takes the smoke and then he just destroys the guy. Something with it. Yeah. So she had this whole bowl of them Mm -hmm. and you only saw him use it twice. Yeah. (laughs) So that's something that could have used a little more explanation. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's dollar store super serum mm-hmm. um so yeah that's uh, i don't have anything for ugly that's spoilery yeah i think we covered it all in the non-spoilers yeah anything else for you that you want to mention 
I don't think so. All right. Yeah, it, it was still a good movie. Yeah. The the bad for me was a lot of very nitpicky stuff. Yeah. The the good were like, oh, this movie was good. This whole aspect of the movie was good. And the bad was like, oh, this little scene was annoying. Yeah. It's it's not a perfect movie by any means, but... It I... kicks the shit out of <laughs> Dawn of Justice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's miles better than Dawn of Justice or Suicide Squad and comfortably better than Man See, I keep forgetting about Suicide Squad. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't exist in my head because it has nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah. It's, yep. Um, yeah. Better than those... If I had to compare it to Marvel... I think this is better than the Marvel Source movies. Generally, yeah. It's, I don't think it's better than the first Iron Man. No. Because I think the first Iron Man is arguably the better best Better than Iron Marvel Man 2, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Better than... I think it's on par with Iron Man 3. I liked Iron Man 3 a lot more okay. than other people did. Yeah, I hated Iron Man 3, okay. so... I, to me, it was on par with Iron Man 3. Okay. I, I thought it was probably... I don't know, kind of in between, like... Captain America 1, Doctor Strange, Ant-Man, the good origin stories, and the mm-hmm. the Winter Soldier next step up. It was better. It was a lot better than Thor 2 in that both of them were like basically purely to introduce something. Right. So it was a lot better than that. It had a better story. It it, it had more to introduce. It had more to yeah. do than Thor 2 did. So yeah, it. I think if Justice League does well, I think that DC might finally be kind of coming up to par with... With the lower end of Marvel. It's going to be a while before they get to Avengers, the impact of Avengers, get uh, getting up to Winter Soldier and Civil War. Yeah. It's going to be a while before they... Unless they can pull that off soon. If they can pull something like that off, where it's got me on the edge of my seat, like, excited, and then I want to mm-hmm. go back and see it two more times, go for it. That would be great. Please. But it's going to be kind of hard to make that huge step. Yeah, but they got some ground to make it. Good step forward. Mm-hmm. Quality movie. Quality movie. Quality it was entertainment. Quality entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for me. Shallst we? We shallst. Do your thing. Alright. Thanks for listening to our review of Wonder Woman. Go Wan- see it if you haven't already. Go see Wonton Woman too. Go see Wonton Woman. Wo- what? <laughs> Wonton Po Wow. Go see Wonton Woman too, because we're doing that review. And then go see Wonton mm. Woman 1. Yep. <laughs> there's two of them they came out at the same time yep and then go back and watch the prequel wanton woman zero and we'll do reviews of all of those we'll do drunk drunk commentaries on those two yep yeah yep it's gonna be great we need to make something of wanton <laughs> <laughs> joke has gotten out of hand but i want to yeah. keep it going yep anyway anyway uh like and subscribe if you're watching this on youtube listening to this on youtube I you could sit here and just watch the pictures slowly change, but yeah. I don't know why you want to. Yeah. I, if that's what you wanted, go for it. I'm not. I'm not going to judge. Yeah, do do your thing. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud too. I think uh, our iTunes is up. I, have, I didn't check, but I think our iTunes is working. All right, our iTunes is hopefully working, so you can probably find that here. Uh, listen, whatever suits you best, and we will see you next time. Also, uh, check out our normal podcast. The episode four came out today. Yes, that too. Well, hopefully today. Hopefully I get this edited and put out tonight. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Unless it comes out Saturday, then it came out yesterday. Unless you're watching a lot time in the future, then it came out a while ago. Time is weird, man. Time is so weird. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, Don't... guys. Thanks.